0: If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Revelation chapter six, Revelation chapter six, because this is, I think, the third part in our series More than Conquerors. Prior to this was a nine-part series on Revelation one to three. And you can see all the Sunday teachings, which are basically preaches. Um, on YouTube, uh, YouTube Harvest Church Croydon. And then you can go on the playlist to Digging Deeper. And that's where I take the sermon, but I take the passage more detailed. So Sunday is proclamation. Digging Deeper is exclamation, explanation. And then we do a Zoom Connect as a church where we have application and we say, um, what does it mean to me? So this coming Thursday, I will be releasing for, if you want the technical word, an exegesis on Revelation chapter six. So if you're a Bible student, if you want to know about Revelation, um, then you might find that interesting. So we're going to Revelation chapter six. We've had a wonderful time in Revelation chapter four heaven's door is open I looked and I saw an open door so many people are knocking on the door of heaven thinking if they fast a lot if they go on a pilgrimage if they uh, bring their body under control if they worship God and whatever maybe God will open his door God has opened the door it's open he's open for business the door's open he can hear you the door's open he can see you The door's open, he can respond to you. That's all in the open door. And when we looked into heaven, we saw God's on his throne. We saw the churches there. We are represented there, the 24 elders around the throne, 12 from the old covenant, 12 from the new covenant. They've got crowns, they're casting them on, on the floor before their God. The living creatures are there. All of the created order, physical and spiritual, is represented. Oh, look, one looks like a man. One looks like an ox, all the domestic animals. One looks like a lion, king of the jungle and all the wild animals. One looks like an eagle uh, over all the birds of the kingdom. And they're all there and they've got eyes. And the sevenfold spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is there. And we said, where is Jesus? And last week we went to Revelation chapter five, and there was Jesus. We looked to turn and see him, mighty lion, majestic, powerful, roaring. And he was a little lamb, looking as though he had been slain. He had been slain, but he's still there. But this lamb has got seven horns, so watch out. Animals don't have horns for nothing <laughs> you know tell that you know you're in a field there's a bull running toward he hasn't got his horns for nothing get out of that field quick and he's got seven eyes he sees everything complete vision eyes like flaming fire in Revelation 1 so there he was and we were amazed because we thought the lion would take the throne but the lion didn't the lamb took the throne We thought everybody would be praising the lion. He wasn't. They were all praising the little lamb. And what I said to you is, you know, sometimes a lion needs to be a lamb. Sometimes a lamb needs to be a lion. Jesus is probably more, for me, lion now When he walked this earth, he was probably more lamb. You saw the caring side. You saw the compassionate side. You saw the loving side. He hasn't lost that. But heaven sees him with the powerful side, with the majestic side, the holiness of God. So there is heaven and it's amazing. But what about earth? Well, the Lamb is now going to take the scroll, and the scroll represents all the purposes of God. And unless this scroll is open, God can't work out his purposes. But the Lamb is going to open the scroll, and as he opens it, we are going to see ourselves and the world that we live in, and it's not good. Revelation chapter five, six, sorry. Revelation chapter six. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. He is able to open the seals. No one else could. He's able, he opens. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a loud voice like thunder, come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow. And he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror, bent on conquest. This is Jesus. Some have thought this might be one of the dark side, this because a lot of chapter six is about the dark side, but no, there's only one person in Revelation that rides a white horse. That's Jesus. There's only one conqueror, and that's Jesus. Jesus has been released. He's been given a crown, and he's riding out to conquer. This is the advance, the glorious advance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing can stop it. No power on earth can stop it. No philosophy on earth Can quench it. The gospel of Christ. And he's riding out to conquer. The church needed to hear that. They needed to know that Jesus is in control. And he rides out to conquer. Remember this is not a picture of the future. As we go through Revelation. I will show you more and more and more. This is not to do with the future. This is to do with the here and now. For all the way from the ascension of Jesus to his return and yes there will be things that will um, intensify as we get nearer and nearer the return of Jesus but the idea of thinking oh this is going to happen sometime in the future once we once God gets all these um his ducks in a line then we're going to have this no no this is happening now When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. Between the ascension of Jesus and the return of Jesus, this is going to be a violent earth. This is going to, you know, John Lennon can dream all he wants about a world where everybody will love one another and where we'll have peace. It's not going to happen, John. It's rather ironic you sung it and got shot. There won't be peace. This is a violent earth. It will always be a violent earth. The more we learn, we don't get more humane. We just get better at killing one another, it feels like. And do you know, God is in it. He hasn't released an enemy called Satan to do all this. It was a voice from one of the living creatures that said, come, and the fiery red horse came. And Satan's maybe clapping his hands, and he's thinking, yeah, bring it on, but God knows what he's doing. And it doesn't take him by surprise that this is a violent earth. When the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come. I looked and there before me was a black horse, its rider holding a pair of scales in his hands. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages. And don't damage the oil and wine. It's a struggling earth. And a struggling economy, and even in the midst of global shortages, there are people going to be drinking wine. And having olive oil. Because the poorer the world gets, the richer the minority get. This is a world that's struggling. You know, a a very interesting program yesterday, I was listening to someone on the news and he was saying, you know, we've applied the lockdown uh, globally in the same way, just without thinking, but you cannot apply the rules we're using here to the rules in Africa. And being acquainted personally with Zimbabwe, I know that, I know that. Because you put lockdown in Zimbabwe, people will die by the thousands because they can't eat. They have to to go out into the market every day to sell things, to give their children bread to eat. And yes, COVID may be there, but malaria is already there. So you can't apply that rule for everyone. So there's going to be a violent earth, says Jesus. There's going to be economic disaster. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the, four, uh, the fourth living creature say, Come! I looked, there before me was a pale horse, and its rider was named Death. And Hades was following close behind him. Not hell, Hades. Hades is the name given to the place this is how i understand it from scripture it's the name given to the place of the disembodied soul spirits so when you die your body goes into the ground but your soul spirit goes to hades and there are two parts in hades one is called paradise and the other is is called sheol and and one is where the disembodied saints go Paradise today, you will be with me in paradise. But for the others, they are in the place where that rich man was. Um, you mean rich man and Lazarus? Can't go into all of that. But death and Hades is following close behind. They were given power over a quarter of the earth to kill by sword, famine, plague, and the wild beasts. First of all, why a quarter? We'll come to that later. Um, basically, saying like not all the world but a large part of it, they're going to suffer from the violence, from famine, from plague, and the wild beasts of the earth. And when I saw wild beasts of the earth, I began to recognise something. Those three seals that are bringing violent earth, that are bringing economic disaster, and that are bringing death, including death by beasts, the early church would recognise it. That's us. We're suffering violence every day. We're being put to death every day. Our husbands are being kicked out of their trade unions because they won't sacrifice at the idol temples and so they're losing their jobs and our kids can't eat. Some of them are being marched off into the Roman amphitheatres to fight lions and bears. So those three seals... Don't just hit the, church, the world, they hit the church. Now we can't relate to that. That's because of where we are. But they can relate to it. They can relate to this. Yes Lord, this is the world that we're living in. But you're telling me there's a man uh, on a white horse and he's conquering. When he opened the fifth seal. I saw under the altar, the place of sacrifice in heaven, the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, how long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. That's our sermon, we'll come to it. I watched as he opened the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell to earth. As late figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind, the sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, they call to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Oh, get that, from the wrath of the Lamb. Who is it that writes and says, there's not such a thing as wrath? What? What? There's not such a thing as, well, I don't really understand quite what God is. The wrath of the Lamb. The wrath of the Lamb. When will we be avenged, the saints say, for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand. Now guys, I'd love to bring you Revelation 5 again. You know, lion and lamb. Do I have to go into Revelation 6? Yes, because it's there. You can't go through the Bible with a pair of scissors. Cutting out the bits that you don't like. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, we all love that sound, don't we? The Lord is my shepherd. The great day of the wrath of the Lamb has come. And and that's the end. Now some people like to see Revelation as a gradual unfolding in time. You don't get beyond this. Revelation 6 is the end. You can't have a world where the moon has turned blood red and the stars in the sky have fallen to earth. That's it. That's it. So when we come to seven and beyond we're going to see it again and we're going to see it again and it's telling us in greater detail what's going on. So tune in. But I want to just take this verse. When he opened the fifth seal I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. We call them the martyred saints. Those who have lived in this troubled world, this violent earth, and have given their lives, why were they slain? Because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. It's their fault. They were killed and it's their fault. They wouldn't stop living for Jesus They wouldn't shut their mouths. They wouldn't compromise. They wouldn't take the easy way out. They remained faithful unto death. You know, when I say it was their fault, that's just to get your attention. (laughs) Of course, it was the others. But, you know, they could have opted out at some stage. The martyred saints. And remember, John is writing in AD 90, or thereabouts. He's writing 60 years after Jesus. His brother lost his life very early on. And and the disciples, remember, it was James and John and Peter and Andrew, the four fishermen. He lost his brother. He's lost Stephen, the first recorded martyr. Most of the apostles, if not all, have gone Paul has been martyred AD 64 or just beyond. He has gone. Almost all the people that he started out on this journey with have gone and many of them are under that altar in heaven. He knows them personally. Remember the words to Smyrna, be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you life as a victor's crown there's a plaque on the left hand side of the entrance to Spurgeon's College and it touches me (laughs) just thinking about it because when I went there I saw it, it was the first thing I saw when I went in the first Student of Spurgeon's College to be martyred. He was martyred in China uh, in the days of what was called the, the Boxer Uprising. And he was the first of Spurgeon's martyrs. And I thought, well, Lord, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But John knows them personally. And there they are. They are there because of the word of God and the testimony they had been maintained. I remember Romans 10 verse 9, if you confess with your lips, if you believe in your heart that God has raised Christ from the dead and if you confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Believing in your heart. When you believe in your heart, you take the word of God into your daily walk. You take it into your Monday to Saturday with you. You live according to that word. And uh, to confess with your lips that others know that you are a believer because what you have been sharing, that's why they died. But note, they aren't dead. In verse 10, they called out in a loud voice. They're not lying there under the altar dead. <laughs> they had been slain. Ollie, it's the pluperfect. They had been slain in the past. I looked and I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. They had been slain, but they called out in a loud voice. They don't even have a mouth. Their bodies are buried. They're soul spirits. How do they call out in a loud voice? Because this is revelation in it." You can do this in revelation. They called out with a loud voice, "Hallelujah, because the lamb lives they live they never died they just lost their bodies they just left their bodies and they went to be with jesus and they are safe and they are very much alive and they're saying oh lord how long how long they want interestingly enough they want justice I think justice, it's right to want justice. Uh, I, I prayed that the guys that stole your wallet, Stoyan, would be caught. I want them to be caught. And I want them to stand before a judge and be accountable for their crime. I'm not going to kick them. I'm not going to hate them but I want them to stand before the court of law because Caesar does not bear the sword for nothing I want my children and my grandchildren to grow up in a society where they are protected and where they are looked after and where the police force are integrous and everything else because there is such a thing as justice and where justice is denied there is a black hole that needs to be covered and the Lord says Ronnie leave it vengeance is mine vengeance is mine There will be a day of reckoning for all of us. That's why we need Jesus. So they're waiting on that, but they're also waiting on the resurrection of their bodies. I just feel lost without my body. It seems that they're saying, you know, I want my body. I'm tripartite. I'm soul, spirit and body. I want my body. How long? How long? Well, not long there are a few more martyrs to come. Well, there's a few more martyrs to come because the, the rider's out there conquering. And wherever he conquers, wherever the gospel goes out, there is that that comes back towards us. They're not dead. Secondly, they're awaiting closure. They're awaiting closure. Closure is good. Closure is right. And thirdly, they're clothed in righteousness. They've got white garments to wear. I like that. I like that. Until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. There will be more. How does this apply to us? Well, four days ago, I'm um, reading from Al Jazeera. A court in eastern a court in the eastern Pakistani city of Lahore has sentenced a Christian man to death for having committed blasphemy His lawyer says in the latest case of Pakistan's strict religious laws being applied against minorities Asif Parvez 37 has been in custody since 2013 When he was accused of having sent a blasphemous text message to a former supervisor at work. The supervisor he claims was a Muslim who was taunting him about his faith and he texts back saying that he believed in Jesus as the son of God. That's his crime. He's been held for seven years awaiting trial. There are currently at least 80 people in prison in Pakistan for the crime of blasphemy with at least half of them facing life sentences or the death penalty. Daily Express last month. Are you okay, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Nigeria is becoming the biggest killing ground of Christians in the world due to attacks by Boko Haram and Fulani militias, says a leading charity. International Christian Concern estimates between 50,000 and 70,000 Christians have been killed in the last decade in the western african nation the most populous in the continent there are souls being added almost on a daily basis to under the altar it's still happening and if they have been reading their scriptures as many of them have they will know that this is the price you may pay for your faith but what about me? Or what about you? Because let's face it, you feel that you're going to go home safe today. Nobody's going to knock on your door and say, were well, you at church? Well, firstly, you need to realise you're already a martyred saint. You're already a martyred saint. Don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ, were baptised into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, a martyr's death, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection death, in a resurrection like his. We are martyrs. We're already martyrs. That's why, if the day comes, we will find the strength because we're already martyrs. I remember putting you in the water, Ollie. Do you turn away from your old life? Yes, I do. Do you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Saviour of your life? Yes, I do. Then I baptise you in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. You died that day. Secondly, do you realise that to be a witness is to be a martyr? You know, when it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, Revelation 1, Acts 1, 8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The word witness there is martyres. Because a witness is a martyr. That's the same word. A martyr, as we call a martyr, is only someone who has witnessed to the point of death. We are all martyrs. I, John, Revelation nine I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the Isle of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was there because I lived according to the word of God and I testified about Jesus. Marturion, Jesu Christ I'm there because I was a martyr. I was a witness to Jesus. We do it for Jesus. We do it for Je- they did it for Jesus. But we do it for the martyred as well. You know that text, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race. Some of those witnesses gave their lives for the gospel and they're watching some of us and we can't get out of bed on a Sunday morning they gave witness to Jesus and they lost their lives and some of us when we get the opportunity why is it that that you seem to have you seem to be a peaceful what's your secret oh I'm just lucky I guess guess I'm just lucky and the martyrs are looking on Since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that weighs us down and the things that so easily entangle and let us run the race that's set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It's next week. I think it's next week. 400 years since the Pilgrim Fathers left Plymouth on the Mayflower, to sail for America. They left their families, they left their jobs, they left everything they had, they wrapped up their, their children around them, husband, wife and children, they got on that little boat and for over two months they sailed across, across the Atlantic Ocean. There's more than one way to be martyred. They said to themselves we want to be faithful to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus but we don't feel we can do it here because of the repression and the persecution and we're going to give up the life that we know it now and we're going to head off to a new life. We're going to throw ourselves into the hands of God the way Abraham did and we're going to seek a new life and many if not most of them died They landed safely. Some of them died on the passage, but they landed safely. But they weren't kitted out for the life in America. They didn't know how to survive. They fell victim to plague, not COVID, but, but plague. And many of them lost their lives. Martyred. You see, last week we found out there's more than one way to be a lion. Sometimes to be a lion, you need to be a lamb. There's more than one way to be martyred. Father, help me to be like those under the altar. Didn't you say, Lord, that we had to present ourselves, just like them, as living sacrifices? Didn't you say that? I appeal to you to give your lives as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. So, Father, help me today, not just to honour the Lord Jesus, but to honour those martyred dead.